All right, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Business Blast podcast. Uh, I'm your host, Tyler Wagner. As always, today's sponsor is Authors Unite. And if you want to become a successful author, Authors Unite is the place to go. So head on over to AuthorsUnite.com to check out a free case study that will teach you how to do exactly that. And now, let's jump into the episode. All right, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Business Blast podcast. I'm your host, Tyler Wagner. Today, I have Jennifer Ives with us. She is a successful global technology executive with experience driving high growth startups, launching innovation focused organizations, and guiding Fortune 500 C-suite executives. She's currently the Senior Vice President of Client Partnerships at Three Pillar Global, named seven times to the Inc. 5000 list of fastest growing companies in the U.S., and we're building uh, revenue-generating, customer-facing digital products for clients such as PBS, Equinox, Park Mobile, and Carfax is a daily occurrence. So welcome to the show, Jennifer. Hey, thanks so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Of course, grateful to have you here. So we'd like to get to know you fast. So the first question I got for you is, what is the best story from your life that has an underlying valuable message? Oh my gosh, um, Tyler, this is such a great question. So lots of stories, <laughs> lots of underlying messages and underlying learnings, but I don't know, maybe maybe um, focusing on kind of where I am today and, and how I got here. So picture a college student, right, in the early 90s, trying to figure out what to be in the world, attending my classes, my required classes, and also attending a lot of guest lectures on campus. And I stumbled upon a professor who was sharing research about some satellite imagery work that he was doing. And back then, most people didn't realize the incredible innovations happening in the world of satellites and satellite imagery, and, and that the marrying of geography and earth science and computer science and data and visual data, right, that those would end up as Google Earth today, right, what we know as Google Earth today, and many amazing platforms, spatially driven platforms, that we use um, and really take for granted today. So fast forward a couple years to someone in her first job as a geospatial engineer. And I was on the tech side of the house at a small, fast-growing company in the DC area who kept wanting to go with the products, right? I kept wanting to go with the products that I was helping create. I wanted to go with them to the clients. And I was also someone who was wondering um, why sometimes the product didn't always match what the what the client truly needed or wanted, or what their client needed or wanted. And it was there that my CEO at the time identified kind of my curiosity, right, around marrying the product and the need and bringing the two together to create really what is, is some more than their parts. And it was there that I first discovered my love of uncovering business drivers that help shape products. And in my case, digital products, technology products. And oftentimes not every client can put words to what he or she truly wants. And again, it was there and through kind of that experience that I learned very quickly to ask lots of questions, help identify what painkiller to use for what type of headache, right? I'm someone who talks about headaches quite a bit. So if you have a headache, what painkiller do you want to, how do you want to treat that headache? You know, did the client really require an ibuprofen or an aspirin? What kind of headache was the client trying to address? And, you know, through the right questions, asking those right questions, understanding technologies, 
uh, involved, that's key to a successful outcome. And I, I just, I loved applying my technology with my new love of business, right? New at the time, 20 years ago, and really helping clients solve problems by being curious and asking questions and understanding when to suggest either ibuprofen or aspirin for a headache. Mm. And sometimes if you don't have the ibuprofen or the aspirin, it's really good to know that as well because you can become the trusted advisor very, very easily and very um, naturally uh, by identifying that and putting them in touch with the organization that can do that for them. Um, so yeah, it's, yeah. it's been, you know, I, there are probably a couple of couple stories, couple lessons in there. No, that was like, that was awesome. I appreciate you, you, get, you gave us the lowdown. Um, So now I want to know about some like valuable information uh, in your expertise as an industry. So the next one is, is what is the most valuable piece of information we should know that's within your expertise or industry? Oh, sure. Another great question. Look, always innovate, always innovate your product, zero in on that product market fit, and you must identify what the product is going to be. You've got to test it with an MVP, a minimal, minimum viable product. And that's a product with just enough features to satisfy early customers and to provide feedback for future product development needs, right? And this, is, this was made famous by Eric Reese of Lean Startup. Get your ideas into the market. And I'll say it again. You'll probably hear me say it a few times through the course of our conversation. Iterate, tweak, find the niche. And if there isn't product market fit there, iterate until you identify solidly where the market is missing a solution and then be that solution. You want to create interesting, engaging software products in our case, right? In my case, software and technology products, all products though. It's expensive, it's risky, it's hard and customers and markets are just constantly changing. And if your product isn't easy to use, if it's not engaging, your customers will be gone in a second. And I think something that's really important for folks to keep in mind is that strategy alone can't keep up with all the technical design and business decisions necessary to build software products with impact, right? And and here at Three Pillar, we believe that if you give your team the right mindset, we call it the product mindset. That's uh, how we talk. It's we've actually just written a book on it, and it's coming out in a couple months. Nice. If you build with a product mindset, they can see the opportunity. You can move quickly. You can create products that customers want to buy and use. And, um, you know, again, that product mindset. So you're, you're helping clients build world-class products. You're combining the best practices from agile, lean startup, right? I've already mentioned that once today and also design thinking. And it's, it's really a collection of values. And it's something that I, that I talk about quite a bit and we talk about quite a bit, but, um, really that collection of values, principles and practices that help you guide every action decision in building successful products. It helps everyone align on the team, and it also helps those beyond the team think, talk, and execute it. Execute as a tightly integrated, tightly integrated unit, right? So, three guiding principles. I'll kind of wrap that question up with you know, build for outcomes, minimize minimize time to value, and excel at change, and iterate, iterate, iterate. Mm-hmm. And then, what is your best piece of overall business advice? So, not necessarily industry specific. Oh, sure. Um, Don't get too comfortable, right? Always look for unexpected opportunities. If ever too comfortable, it is time to push yourself harder, push yourself forward, push yourself in a different direction, right? So I'm a geospatial engineer by education. We talked about that and I ended up in business and it's business that I love and I'm passionate about. If I had put on blinders early on in my career, I would have missed some amazing opportunities. 
And oh my goodness, I love where my life has taken me. I mean, every day I get to build upon my background in engineering and my background in business and apply what it takes to succeed. And as a leader, I get to push technology out to people, right? That's what I do. That's what my teams do. Push it out into the world, empower other people and empower my company to succeed and grow. It's the marrying of the two that drives my curiosity. It drives my passion. So personally and professionally, if you're too comfortable, then you're not growing and learning. Mm -hmm. And the path to progress always involves discomfort. You've got to become comfortable with that feeling. And it's quite literally how you make discoveries. Um, yeah, yeah, so don't get too comfortable. I, I agree. I couldn't agree more, especially with like public speaking. When I first started out with it, I was terrified. Yeah. And now I'm like at a point where I like, it's kind of like sick in a way, but I enjoy that feeling of like <laughs> terrified. Like I, I take it as excitement instead of nervousness. So um, you really, you really leaned into, into oh yeah. that, that fear and you probably saw on the other side of that fear, what you could do and what you could become and what you could learn and how you could grow and you leaned right into it. Yeah, exactly. And I, and I had to, um, yeah, I just had to accept the fact that like, Hey, I still get like trembly and nervous before I get up there, but now I like know that it's coming. So I'm like, all right, man, <laughs> deal with it. And then forward. so you learn you to have deep, fun with it. Take a deep yoga breath before you speak. Right. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so now let's talk about your younger self. So if you could give your younger self one piece of advice, what would that be? Oh my gosh. I feel like this is one that people often refer to, but for me, this is for real. Don't take life so seriously. And I wish I had learned that much earlier in life. And I mean, like as a child, <laughs> that failure yeah. is not a bad thing. It's not something to shy away from. You should embrace it. And without failure, you're never really truly growing and learning. And I failed a lot as a kid, and I like to think I had some successes along the way, but I'm, I'm not sure that I saw those successes um, for what they were. And I just, I would probably tell my younger self, just don't take the failure so seriously. And it would have been really nice to know. And I mentor female tech founders, and I always encourage them to try new ideas that they will in fact learn from the experiments and that what they're doing, right, it'll make their products better and their leadership stronger. Um, my team and I talk about that quite a bit as well, but yeah, don't yeah. take life so seriously. Be be okay with the imperfections that life brings. And I think failure is a part of the process. I think. Oh, it definitely is. It definitely is. I bet you've got. I mean, you're you're a successful guy. I bet you've got some really great stories around, um, you know, how you've iterated and how you've how you've stepped out on the ledge and um, you know learned. Uh, both from your successes as well as, um, you know, maybe when you've done something, you're like, huh, you know what, I could really learn from that. I'm going to take these three ideas and I'm going to keep them and I'm going to take those three ideas and not do them again. Yeah, it's a completely different mindset. I think once you become, again, it was like with the public speaking, once you become comfortable with it, like I'm at a point with failure that like, I almost enjoy it. <laughs> like, I'm like, okay, like, here we go. I failed. That means I'm like, I figured out something that doesn't work, which means I'm closer to this something that does work. Yeah. Um, you yeah. know, it's just, it is. I don't think you can't get to wherever you desire to be without failure along the way. Like no, nobody hits every shot they take, you know? Yeah. Um, so yeah. yeah, I almost like it at this point. Yeah. And even the word failure, you know, it's, it's just, it's all about learning. It's just, it's yeah. learning. And what do you want to keep doing more of? And what would you not do more of, right? And where, where was the learning in it? And then how do you apply that to kind of your next, your, next, your next step or your next idea or your next 
your next, um, you know, as you drive forward in the world. Yeah. Um, so now we're going to go down a little bit of a different path here. Uh, yeah. Talk about happiness. So in your opinion, what is the key to happiness? Oh, wow. Um, so I used to approach happiness very differently than I do today. Um, and that really changed just kind of recently in the last couple of years. And, and I don't know if you've listened to Ingrid Fetteli's TED Talk, Where Joy Hides and Where to Find It. The premise is basically that happiness is an overarching um, goal, right? And that it may not be truly achievable in the way that most of us talk about happiness, and yet we chase it. And oh my gosh, do we chase it? And we desperately want it. And advertisers make billions of dollars off of our chasing of happiness. But what if instead we looked at moments of joy in life? And Ingrid really talks a lot about some, a lot of research, global research that's gone into this moment, the moments of joy, which then build up to the totality of happiness, right? What if we instead looked at life that way? And those moments of joy are defined by scientists as moments that literally, when I read this and heard this, I thought, oh, that's really where jump for joy comes. But it's, it literally, it's those moments that make you want to jump up and down, right? It's where the saying jump for joy came from. And these moments are everywhere, right? A sunset, a rainbow, a loved one's laughter, like sprinkles on top of an ice cream cone. And the ones that I just shared with you, those are moments of joy that are actually shared universally. So when researchers actually discussed moments of joy with people, those moments of joy that probably resonated with you and probably resonate at least a couple of them right across the board with, list, with your listeners and your community, those are all moments that, that people really um, you know, bring, bring, bring those moments where they just it tickles your stomach, you know, it makes you feel really good inside. And in my case, I, I love those moments of joy. And then I also have this beautiful cherry tree in my front yard. And nice. um, when we, yeah, we live here in the DC area and cherry trees are just so beautiful this time of year. And we moved about 10 years ago. And the first thing we did was we bought a new cherry tree, planted it in the front yard because we had one at our old house. And man, when that thing blossoms every spring, my kids make sure I know and we go look at it and it's beautiful. And it really brings me joy. Clearly, when my children laugh, when we ride roller coasters together, when we go skiing together, when my team and I create a breakthrough, right? These are all examples of things that bring me real joy. And in the end, it's really about finding those moments of joy that leads to happiness. And again, once I was introduced to seeing the world in a new way and of moving from one moment of joy to the next, I, I was able to recalibrate my expectations. And I have felt truly liberated personally and professionally ever since. Yeah. Amazing answer. I, I was actually just in DC a little while ago. Yeah. Um, and I was at the, I think it's called the wharf. So, yes. Sure. Down on the waterfront. Right. Yeah. Yeah. We were, uh, we were there for like a weekend. Uh, I forget the hotel, but it was like right at the wharf and we went down to the seafood market and we got these like shrimp that were like the size of lobster tails. Oh, it was a moment of joy for, for sure. Oh yeah. That was, that's, yeah, that was my point bringing up. It was a moment of like, you know, these shrimp <laughs> taste like lobster. That is, that's some good shrimp right there. Right. Oh man. Oh, when did, so you, you were here not too long ago. Um, was yeah. it like literally in the last two weeks had things started to green up and. Oh no, no. It, it was probably like two, three months ago. Actually. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. So things were still kind of wintry and a little dormant. You got to come back in the spring, spring and fall. They're so beautiful here in DC. Yes. Um, so my next one, let's talk about books. And you got one coming out in a few months. Um, but what is the best book that you have read? And what was the number one thing you learned from it? 
Yeah. Oh, thank you. Thanks for, you know, just bringing the book back up. So yeah, we will get you a copy of the product mindset and certainly talk with you about it. If, if yeah. you'll have, if you'll have one of us back um, to talk more about it when it gets published, that'd be wonderful. <laughs> Absolutely. So the best book I've read, I, I'm an avid reader. Um, I actually have dyslexia and my dyslexia shows up in a little bit of a different way. I, I can read. Um, it just, it's really hard for me to read, to learn. So it's really interesting because I was an avid reader growing up. And, um, so I have books from the time, you know, I was five and six years old and just read, 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 read. But when it comes to reading, to learn, I really take in information uh, from an audio perspective. And I, I read, you know, I read it, I write it, I listen to it. But when it comes to books, right, I have a huge kind of history of reading that, that I would pull from and, I, I went, um, I think I will go with something more recently and um, hmm, probably everything written or spoken by Brene Brown, especially Dare to Lead and Gifts of Imperfection. She reminds us all to be kind to ourselves and embrace our uniqueness. I mentioned the dyslexia piece because that is something that I didn't know for a long, long time, many years, not until my children actually uh, were struggling with reading. And we, we all uh, noticed that I had some of the same challenges and also some of the same creative ways of looking at the world. And um, it's really embracing your own uniqueness. And um, I'm also a fan of all things Malcolm Gladwell, especially Outliers. I love his podcast series, Revisionist History and Broken Record. And I find that both are filled with just an immense amount of empathy for people and curiosity about the world. And I, I find that both of those authors um, kind of capture those two things. And those are, those are qualities that I really respect, I enjoy, I look for personally in people. Um, both Brene Brown and Malcolm Gladwell, they are authentic and it shines through in everything they do, everything they share. Um, yeah, I think I'll, I think those are, those are kind of a few books that I would recommend. Oh yeah. Those are like top two authors. I mean, they're <laughs> exactly. I know. I know. Is it so typical? Oh, uh, <laughs> I mean, maybe typical, but still accurate. <laughs> you know, powerful. Yeah. yeah. And I, I mean, those are just two fantastic authors. So I, I don't know if I've really met. Yeah. I don't think I've met anyone that doesn't like if they, if somebody doesn't like those authors then maybe we just need to have a conversation about that. Right. Is, that <laughs> is that a sign? <laughs> is that a sign? Yeah. Like, hmm, I don't know about this. <laughs> um, and then what is your favorite quote and why? Oh, um, gosh, a number. I think I have heard this quote a few times, so I'm, I'm not going to, yeah, I've heard this quote a few times and it always makes me think. And I, I heard it for the first time, maybe 10 years ago. What would you attempt to do if you could not fail? And a, a famous scientist, that was the first time I heard uh, that quote, and she she shared that at the beginning of a talk. And again, a few famous people have referred to this quote. Um, I'm a big fan because we've talked a little bit about this already. It's not the failure that holds us back. It's that fear of failure that holds us back. Innovation, advancements, new understandings, man, it's all about trial and error, which boils down to trying new things and often failing and learning, failing and learning, failing and learning, right? Yes. At its core, it's the iteration of experiences and the ability to take those lessons and move forward. So yeah, I think that, that quote, it, it, no matter who you are or what line of business you're in or family or where you are in the world, that 
I just feel like that quote resonates and it really drops an important question in front of people. Um, what would you attempt to do if you could not fail? And there's the mic drop. Uh. <laughs> um, thank you so much for coming on. The last one I got for you. Um, and I know you mentioned it before and I did too, but you have a book in a few months and then where else like can people find out about the book, about you, where can they connect with you and your website, stuff like that. Yeah, absolutely. So LinkedIn is brilliant, right? So Jennifer Ives on LinkedIn, as well as on Twitter. So um, at I am Jives, I-A-M-J-I-V-E-S. And then for information about the book, our website, definitely at that is threepillarglobal.com. And three is the number three. Don't spell it out. Threepillarglobal.com. And Tyler, we will absolutely send you information on the book so that you can help us announce it and you can, you know, share some of the product mindset with, with your community. And again, happy to come back on and, and talk about it and also have our founder come back on and talk about it as well. This has been so much fun. Thank you. Yes, of course. Thank you again for coming on. Yeah. Thanks so much.